0: All right. Thank you, Pastor Tito. I'll take that. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's great to see you. Welcome to New Light Patterson. Th- those of you that may be new here, my name is Jeremy. And I'm the pastor right here for this location, New Life Christian Center. And we have a, a full, busy Sunday. So, before we get into uh, some of the things that we're going to be doing later on, let me just say that if you are here for the first time and uh, this is your first time here, we have a gift for you. Uh, make sure before you leave, you stop by our Welcome Center and pick up one of these. Uh, mugs it's our gift to you by saying hey thanks for checking us out this morning Uh, as you go out the doors you look to your left you'll see the welcome center there grab one of these and like I said it's just a little token from us to you to say thank you for checking out New Life Patterson and if you are here for the first time and you do not have a home church then we want to say to you welcome home amen um, also, if you came prepared to give this morning, we want to say thank you so much for that. If you were here for, for the very first time, this uh, does not apply to you. We want you to sit back and just embrace what God has for you this morning. This is for our regular attenders uh, who called New Life Patterson home. So if you came prepared to give in whatever way you decide to give, whether it's through the app or through the website, you'll, you you want to mail that in or just drop it off in our giving box, we want to say thank you so much. Uh, Because you can look around and see that your giving is making ministry possible. So thank you so much for your faithfulness and your generosity. So we're going to go ahead and move into the child dedication portion of our service. So if you are dedicating your child, your babies uh, this morning, come on up. You're going to line up right here on this line. You'll see this line. So just go ahead and line up on that line. Miss Anna is going to come in. Miss Anna is our kids director. Let's give it up for Miss Anna. She does a great job. Yeah, just line up right through here. Come on up. If you have your babies, we'll give you a few minutes or a couple of minutes just to do that. If you could go all the way over, just start kind of follow Anna. Anna will kind of bring you over there. Look at all these babies. <laughs> now, just in case you forgot, uh, what happens on child dedication is. Um, I get to take all your babies home for one day, but I promise you I'm going to bring them back. I've, I've, I'm still trying to get rid of my four. I've, my oldest baby's 27, and yes, I'm still parenting him. Sometimes you, th- you think those days are over. Those days aren't over, are they? <laughs> you keep those for a while. All right. Well, this is a super special day. Before we um, get into it, I'm going to pass the mic down. And so introduce yourself. Tell us your name. And if, you, 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 if your, your husband wants to talk there too, your spouse wants to talk, that they can. If not, you can introduce for the both of you. And so uh, speak up loudly so everybody can hear who we're dedicating today. Ah, one of my favorite days. I love baptisms and baby dedications, child dedications. Are, they're great. Well, like I said, we're super excited to be doing this today. Uh, to be dedicating our children to the Lord. Uh, but really, what we believe here at New Life, that it's not just a dedication of the children or the babies, it's also also a dedication of the parents as well. And so if you're new to the concept of church, let me explain to you kind of the purpose of dedications. Uh, because there's nothing mysterious that happens up here this morning, all right? Like the Lion King, when we kind of raise them up and and, and do the chant. Nothing mysterious is going to happen. This is our way of expressing to God that we know that our children um, are a blessing from him that they are a gift from him. And so this is our way of expressing to God, not only are we recognizing that our children come from you, but we are now dedicating them back to you. So some churches baptize babies, which is totally fine, but here at New Life, we dedicate our children through prayer. And our hope is that when they grow up, they will accept Christ as their Savior, that they will believe that what Christ did for them on the cross is true, and that they will make their own decision uh, to be baptized in water. And so the way that baptisms took place in Scripture, I was just telling uh, uh, these parents in our meeting this morning, is that back in the Old Testament, that they would, uh, parents would actually bring their babies to the priest, uh, to, the, to the Levitical priest. And so you have the 12 tribes of Israel, and one of those are the Levites, and so they were the priest. And they, they are the ones that, that performed uh, all the rituals and everything. And so parents would bring their babies uh, to the priest, and the priest would pray over them and dedicate them uh, to Yahweh. And so that's the way that we're going to do that this morning because we believe it's our responsibility as a faith family. We're all about faith family here at New Life Patterson to come alongside them as parents so that they never feel like that they're alone. Because those of you who are parents... Uh, know that that can be lonely sometimes, can't it, when you're facing challenges and struggles? And so to parents, let me just tell you first that it is your responsibility to do your absolute best to direct your child onto the right path. And you do that by doing three different things. Number one, by showing love and encouragement to your child, by praying for your child, And then the third thing is by influencing them spiritually, not only by teaching them about God, but also by living a Christ like example in front of them with your actions and your behaviors and your mannerisms and the way that you treat others. And I can assure you that this faith family will do everything that we can to come alongside you, to love on you, to help coach you, to help give you some counsel and advice, and to love on your babies because we literally are all in this thing together. And so that's what we want to express to you this morning. So church, I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to respond back to me. We will. In the sight of God and these parents, do you agree to pray for the kids of New Life Patterson and also to encourage and support them to the best of your ability? If so, please answer, we will. So my question to you as parents is this, in the sight of God And in the presence of this campus faith family right here, do you promise to bring up this child to respect God and to do your best to influence them spiritually? If so, answer, we will. Do you also promise as best you can to set before your child an example of a godly and consistent Christian lifestyle? If so, answer, we will. All right, at this time, I'm going to pray over the parents and over the children as well. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you so much for these parents. Lord, thank you for the the boldness to step up and say, my child belongs to you, Lord. And so, Father, we pray over these parents, Lord. We pray for strength. We pray, uh, Lord, for wisdom, for guidance, and for counsel. Lord, we pray that during those times where they feel like that they can't do it, that they don't have the answers. Lord, we know that as parents, we will not always have the answer. We will not always know what to do in every situation when it comes to raising our children, Lord. But we know that we can seek you. We can seek truth and we can seek your counsel. We can seek your wisdom. So I pray, Lord, that they would just intentionally surround themselves with a Christian Christ-like influence so that they can develop and they can grow and they can coach their children to the best of their ability to follow you, Lord. And we also pray for the children this morning. Lord, we pray for the plans that you have for them, Lord, even before they were even conceived, Lord, you knew their names, you knew the plans that you have for them, Lord, you know the direction that you desire for them to go. And we pray, God, that these children will be surrounded by godly influence, by Christian friends, by Christian family, Lord Jesus so that when they are seeking you, even unintentionally, Lord, Lord, I pray that you will just step-by-step reveal the plans that you have for them as well. Lord, I pray for spiritual sensitivity over these children. I I pray for godly friends and influence. I pray for wisdom, and I pray, Father, that you will always let them know, let them always feel that you are right beside them. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen amen thank you so much let's give them a hand you guys can check them in have a seat whichever you want to do thank you so much all these parents are going to be receiving a thank you miss anna they're going to be receiving a certificate a child dedication certificate over the next week they can kind of hang on to thank you so much for being a part of that with them i know it's super special for them as well Hey, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. That's where we're going to be over the next several weeks. We began that last week. We're going to be in chapter 1 again today. If you have a copy of God's Word, if not, we have copies up here. Feel free to come up and grab a copy. You're not going to distract me. You're not going to bother me at all. We have Spanish and English uh, Bible. So if you uh, don't have a Bible, come up and grab one of those. Or if you do, turn into the book of Ephesians. Uh, maybe you have it on your phone or your iPad or whatever. Uh, if you don't, the, 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 the scripture is going to be behind us on the screen as well. Also, if you have one of those three by five index cards, okay, hang on to that. But what I want you to do right now while people are looking for Ephesians, okay, if you still haven't found it, it's in the New Testament. On one side of that card, I want you at the top to write the word close, And on the other side of that card at the top, I want you to write the word far. Close on one side and far on the other. Also, uh, we're going to be doing communion at the end of the service today. So make sure you have that available. And uh, we'll dive into that towards the end. So the message of today uh, is called a prayer for you. A prayer for you. And so since today we're going to be talking a little bit about a prayer, specific prayer from the Apostle Paul to the people of Ephesus and also for us, I thought it would be appropriate to find some funny prayers. Okay? And since it's also child dedications, I found some prayers of children. And so those, if you've never worked uh, in uh, the children's ministry with Miss Anna to hear some of the children pray, it is the best. Right, Kaylani? Is the, 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 chair, the, the prayers of a child are always the best. So here's three funny children prayers, uh, prayers by children I wanted to read today. A little boy was overheard praying, Lord, if you can't make me a better boy, don't worry about it. I'm having a blast the way that I am. <laughs> I love that. That would have been my prayer, I promise you. <laughs> Here's another one. I had been teaching my three-year-old daughter, Caitlin, the Lord's Prayer for several evenings at bedtime. She would repeat after me the lines from the prayer. Finally, she decided to go solo. I listened with pride as she carefully enunciated each word right up to the end of the prayer. Lead us not into temptation, she prayed, but deliver us from email. (laughs) I'm echoing that prayer. I don't know about you. Lord, deliver me from email. And here's a, uh, here's a last one. A wife invited some people to dinner. At the table, she turned to their six-year-old daughter and said, Would you like to say the blessing? I wouldn't know what to say, the little girl replied. Just say what you hear mommy say, the wife answered. The daughter bowed her head and said, Lord, why on earth did I invite all these people to dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes, right? <laughs> And often the children have the best prayers, mainly because their little minds haven't been tainted yet uh, with doubt in society and culture, that, they, that when I pray, maybe my prayer isn't going to be heard or answered. Children really don't think like that. They just kind of pray and they believe it's going to happen. So the, the, even Jesus said, until you come to me with faith of a child, right? So adults are different, of course. Uh, we tell people that we're praying for them, but are we really? Uh, We know the things in our lives that should be a matter of prayer or a subject of prayer, but is it? Well, one thing that we should constantly and consistently be praying for is each other. Because I know I need it all the time. And I know people are praying for me. I know Janet, my wife, prays for me all the time. My parents pray for me. My grandmother, my brothers, my staff, my faith family. All are people I know are praying for me, and I pray for all of them as well. And you. We all need prayer. You know why? Because life is hard. Life is really hard. Family, school, work, relationships, economy, emotions, feelings, health, all of those things can make life hard. So we need to be praying for one another. So last week, we began looking at at this really rich letter from God through the Apostle Paul to the followers of Jesus in the city called Ephesus. Ephesus. This letter, this kind of this book of Ephesians is found in the New Testament. And the immediate purpose for Paul writing this letter is found in chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. And it says this, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so you might grow in your knowledge of God. That is the reason why Paul wrote this letter. Remember, we also gave some reasons uh, as to why the church and believers in Ephesus were on Paul's heart because everything that was going on in their culture during their time, The fractures and the splinters um, that were surrounding the the followers of Jesus at this time could have easily derailed and distracted them from the truth of their identity in Jesus. We said that Ephesus was comprised of different people groups and different religions, different social strata, all kinds of diverse beliefs were, were found, they found acceptance and they found tolerance here just like we see in the United States today. And when this word got back to Paul, who was in prison at the time while he wrote this, he decided to write them a letter of encouragement, but also of warning to hang in there. He was telling the people, the followers of Jesus, don't give up. Be ready. Be on guard for spiritual battle because your enemy, who is the devil, we've said this hundreds of times, we are not each other's enemy. Your enemy, the devil, is out to get, to get you, so be strong. I found this video that I want to show you. It's only about four minutes long, but it kind of encapsulates what was going on in the city of, Ephes- uh, of Ephesus during this time 2,000 years ago and also what was going on in the heart of Paul. Check this out. So like the United States today, you can see that the city of Ephesus was having an identity crisis. So Paul writes this letter to remind them of three Main things. Number one, do not lose your identity. Remember who you are and whose you are. You belong to Jesus Christ. He bought you with a price. You are sons and daughters of the creator of the universe. And if anything in your life begins to replace Jesus as first place in your life, you could stray away from your true identity. Don't lose your identity. That's reminder number one. Number two, you are chosen by God. You were chosen by God. Before God ever created the heavens and the earth, he selected you to be his sons and daughters. You are chosen. That's reminder number, two, uh, reminder number two. And the third reminder was this. You are adopted into a forever family. No one can undo your adoption papers into God's family. It's permanent. He knew you before you were born. He designed you. He sees you, and he loves you. Paul prayerfully longed for the readers of this letter to grow in their faith, to grow in their love, to grow in their wisdom, and and to grow in their understanding of the Father who loves us so much. He was writing in desperation for anyone who reads this letter to grow in Christ-like character and to live a life worthy of Jesus Christ. So because of this, he wanted to strengthen our faith, strengthen our spiritual foundation regarding what we believe and why we believe it. Not just individually, but as a church as a whole. Because now more than ever, we need the church to be the church. We said that last week. That church isn't a building. That church isn't a foundation. That church isn't just a nonprofit. But instead, we are the church. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus today, then you are part of his body, the church. And Paul is instructing us to do it together as one family, as one unit, as one body. That's why we titled this series One. One Lord, one faith, one family. It's one of the reasons why I love New Life so much. It's the reason why you see signs uh, like the one that, hang, that hangs in our lobby that says, Welcome to our family. If you go to the multi-purpose room, there's one that says, You belong here. When you pull into the parking lot, it says, welcome home. And it's why every Sunday we say to our first-time guest, welcome home. We are one body of believers united to give praise and honor to the one that we represent. And that's Jesus Christ. Last week during our newcomer's luncheon, we had 22 adults, eight kids. We had about 30 people in there for a newcomer's uh, luncheon. If you missed that and you've been here less than six months, we have another one coming up at the end of the year. But one of the most popular things said when we went around and said, what's what's your favorite thing about new life? The most popular answer was, I just feel at home. From the moment I was here and you guys said, welcome home, I felt like this was part of my family. A few minutes ago, I said that Paul prayerfully longed for us as readers of this letter to grow in our faith and our love and our wisdom and our understanding of who the Father is. So today, that's what I want to do. I want to break down Paul's prayer and see how you and I can pray the same exact things over ourselves and over the ones that we love as well. Paul starts out by saying this in verse 15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. And here's, here's the three things that he prays for. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so you might grow in your knowledge of God, number one, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Number two, and the third prayer is this. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the hev- heavenly realms. Now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. So, here are the three distinct parts of Paul's prayer to the people of Ephesus. And they're the same prayers that we can pray over ourselves. Okay, if you're taking notes, it's on the back of your program. Prayer number one God, give me wisdom so I can know you more. God, give me wisdom. So I can know you more. Verse 17. I pray for you constantly asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight, so you might grow in your knowledge of God. How many of you in this room could use a little more wisdom in your life? <laughs> right. I know I could. There are several times in my life I can look back and say, "Man, if only I'd prayed first for a little wisdom before I made that decision.) <laughs> We've all had those moments. When it comes to wisdom and the Bible, my mind automatically goes to King Solomon. If you've never heard of King Solomon, he was the son of King David. And so David was an old man, and it was time for Solomon, his son, to kind of take over. And he was very insecure about it. Super worried, super anxious to say, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I have what it takes to step into my father's shoes and to lead God's people. I want to do it well. So I'm going to pray for wisdom. He could have asked for anything else, but instead he prays for wisdom. And this made the Lord so happy. Look what the Lord said in 1 Kings. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. And... I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father, like David, like your father David did, I will give you a long life. Paul said to the Ephesians, I constantly pray for you, and I'm, and, and, and I'm thanking God for you, and I'm praying for you, and I'm praying that God will give you wisdom because I know how hard life is. I know, how, I know everything that you're going through in society, and culture, and I want you to grow in the knowledge of God so that you can endure, so that you can go through all these trials, so that you can make it through all these tests and stay strong in the faith. Again, Ephesus is like the modern-day United States, extremely divided, riddled with all sorts of confusion and idolatry. Different cultural ideologies and identities were running rampant through the city. And as more and more people, like you saw in the video, were coming into the city, it was just adding more confusion because everyone was bringing with them their own family of origin, their own ideologies, their own thought life, their own belief system, and their own feelings and emotions. And so Paul was saying to those followers of Jesus in Ephesus, I'm praying for godly wisdom to pour into your life, to pour into your mind so that you can grow in the knowledge of God so that when everyone else's truth tries to scream louder than the truth of Jesus, you're prepared. You're wise to it. You're not going to be swayed by all the tactics and the lies of the enemy and all these other false gods. Instead, you're going to remain strong in your identity in Jesus. Paul was praying that for the people of Ephesus and also for us today. And in turn, we should be praying that for one another because we have people all around us who are falling victim to the lies of the enemy in our society and in our culture. What would happen if instead of trying to argue or debate or slander or convince someone that you're wrong and I'm right, instead we begin to pray for them? We begin to pray for godly wisdom in them to grow in their knowledge of God because as we grow in our knowledge of God, the truth of who we are becomes clearer. That's prayer number one. So prayer number two, write this down. God, help me understand the hope you give. Help me understand the hope you give. Verse 18, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are rich in glorious inheritance. The hope that Paul is referring to here is Jesus, the hope of an everlasting life with the creator of the universe in the life after this one, but also now here on earth. When we surrender our life to Jesus, we can be assured of our place and our identity in him. We don't have to go off and find ourselves. We don't have to go off and discover ourselves because we already know who we are in him. We are sons and daughters of an almighty king. We were created and designed by him and for him. Remember last week we said that Paul was reminding his readers to not forget who they are. There was so much darkness in the city of Ephesus trying to pull people to the left or to the right and distract them away from Paul's teachings of this person, Jesus Christ. And so Paul said that my prayer for your hearts is that you'll be flooded with light so that you will understand the confident hope that God has given us, which is the gift of Jesus. Don't allow the darkness of the world drown out the light of the truth of Jesus in your life. And that takes us to prayer number three. God, help me realize the greatness of your power. Help me realize the greatness of your power. Verse 19 and 20. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. In case you don't know it, in case you maybe even forgot, if you're a follower of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. That is something to praise God for. The same power that raised Christ from the dead and out of his tomb is the same power that lives on the inside of you. Don't dismiss that. Don't minimize that. Don't diminish that. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, present at creation, and today lives on the inside of you. Praise God. That's almost impossible to fully comprehend. And if you fully understand it, come talk to me because I don't even fully understand that. Why did Paul include this in his prayer for the people of Ephesus? Why did he include that in his prayer for us? Because he knew that we were going to need that power. Like us today, the Ephesian people were surrounded by a culture and society that looked more anti-God than for God. Paul wrote this letter from prison, a dungeon, underneath the prison, in fact. His heart was aching to be with his friends. He couldn't see them. He couldn't touch them. He couldn't be with them. He couldn't speak with them, but he desperately wanted to be with them and tell them to stay strong, to push through. Do not be swayed by what's going on around you. Stay focused on your identity and the truth of Jesus. Listen, I'm praying this morning that you will grow in your knowledge of God, Because there are going to come religions, there's gonna come philosophies, there's gonna come ideologies, there's gonna come standards, there's gonna come adulterated truths that sound really, really good on the surface, but they are not of God. So I'm praying for wisdom in your life. I'm praying that your hearts will be so illuminated with the hope of Jesus that you will remember that you are God's chosen holy people. And when you truly believe this, you can't help but wanna stay close to him And I'm also praying that you will realize that the power of God's spirit lives on the inside of you. That you have access to his strength and his wisdom and understanding and guidance and direction and so much more. That's Paul's prayer for us. That's Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. And that's my prayer as your pastor for you. Let me also say this. Maybe you're here for the very first time. Or you've just started coming here and you're like, and you're thinking, Jeremy, this is really good for someone who's already following Jesus, but this really doesn't resonate with me. I'm still trying to figure out this God thing, still trying to figure out this this church thing. I really haven't made a commitment yet. I'm still kind of on the fence. So what does Paul's prayer really have to do with me if he's writing this letter to people who are already believers? And my challenge to you would say it has everything to do with you. Because you need to know that the reason you're here today is because we've already been praying for you. We may not have called your name out directly, but you are not here by accident. You are here because of all the prayers that we prayed last week and last month and last year. That's why all of us are here, because someone in our past was praying for us. And now you're here today because someone was praying for you. Seven years ago, Pastor Dave and the Elder Board of New Life began praying for God to send me here. They didn't know my name. They didn't know where I was. They didn't know anything else about me. They just prayed, God, you know who the pastor of our Patterson campus is going to be. So we pray that you'll speak to him and begin to move in his life. And that same year, God began to stir my heart. And he prepared Janet and I to move here because we were praying, God, we don't know where you're going to move us, but we pray that you'll begin to move in the hearts and the elder board and the leadership of wherever we're going. God's always at work behind the scenes. We've been praying for you for a while, that God would give you wisdom to know him more. To help you understand the hope that he can give you through his son, Jesus Christ. And that someday you would realize that the power of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, lives on the inside of you. That's why you're here. Someone was praying for you. And we want to give you the chance to pray for someone else. Go ahead and take your communion elements. I heard a story of a famous painter went to go visit his hometown. He was elderly. He was up in age, and so he was walking through the streets of his hometown. And in an antique store in the window, he saw one of his very first paintings, very first paintings. And he stopped, and he looked, and the frame was broken. The glass was cracked The painting was dirty. Now, what he wanted to do is go in and say, hey, that's like one of my very first paintings. I want that back. But you can't do that. He knew he couldn't do that. The only way that he was going to get that painting back is if he went in and bought it back. The only way that he could fix the frame, the only way that he could fix what was cracked. The only way that he could clean up what was dirty is if he bought it back. Church family, that's what God did for you. You're his creation, but he had to buy you back because we all were broken. We all have been cracked. We all have been dirty. And God bought us back and it cost him a lot. It wasn't cheap. It cost him his son. It cost him the blood of Jesus Christ. It cost him his body to be broken. You were bought with a price, and that's what we're celebrating this weekend with communion. Go ahead and take your, your wafer. The wafer symbolizes the broken body of Jesus. Let's thank God for that. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Yeshua for allowing your body to be broken for our sin. Lord, this was the price that we couldn't pay. We owed the debt, but you're the one that paid it for us and Father we accept that in Jesus name. Amen, let's eat together. It cost Jesus his body to be broken and it also cost him his blood because the only thing to cover sin was blood. And Jesus poured his blood out as a once and for all sacrifice for us. Let's thank Jesus for that. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing your blood to be shed as a once and for all sacrifice for my sin. And on this day, May the 7th, 2023, we receive that. And we say, it is good. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink. Here's what I want you to do with your cards. On one side you wrote far, on the other side you wrote close. On the side that says far, I want you to think of one to three names, doesn't matter, of people in your life that live far away from you that you want to see following Jesus. And I want you to write their names down. On the other side where it says close, These are people that you come in contact with on a regular basis. It could be family members. It could be a neighbor. It could be a coworker. And here's the the names I want you to write down for close. Are the names that you want to see worshiping beside you in this building. Not just following Jesus, but you want to see them worshiping with you in this building. Here's what we're going to do. As you finish your list. You're going to bring those up. You're going to put them in one one of these boxes that we have located up here in the stage. We're going to leave these boxes up here for two weeks, this week and next week, and then we're going to pray over them, and we're going to put them under the stage, so that those names are constantly bathed in community prayer from everybody in this faith family. So go ahead and write those names down. The one on far. These are the names I'm praying for today. We talked about prayer. Paul's prayer for us, three three different things, spiritual wisdom, that our hearts be illuminated with the light of Jesus and that we will embrace the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Pray for people far away. Pray for people who are close. We're going to take a couple of minutes before we dismiss, just with some music playing, write those names down, and when you're ready, go ahead and bring those up. I believe whether it's next week, next month, next year, those names are going to be following Jesus. Do you agree? We agree in prayer. We're gonna pray over these names next week. We'll give people that maybe weren't weren't here a chance to come and put some of their names in that, and then we're gonna put them under the stage, knowing that those names are just covered in prayer at all times. Hey, let me say this this over your life, and then we'll dismiss. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show His favor and give you His peace. You receive that today. Let me pray over you. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this moment. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in New Life Patterson. Thank you for what you're doing in the lives of your people. You are so good. You are so good. And, Father, we just surrender to you today. Father, may we... Learn this prayer for ourselves, that you will just give us wisdom to grow in our knowledge of you, that our hearts will always be illuminated to to the truth of Jesus, and that we will embrace the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Lord. We can pray that over ourselves, and we can pray that over others. Lord, we surrender to you. We trust you with our lives. Bring us back safe again next week, ready to serve you one more time. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Don't forget, if this is your first time here, do not leave without grabbing the gift that we have for you. And also, if you came prepared to give, you could just drop that in the the, the giving box there on your way out. And have a great week. Be safe. We love you guys. See you next Sunday.